Well, we are uh, continuing in our series called Built to Last. And uh, if you've just started joining us, say this is your first time joining us, uh, we've been talking about this idea, this thought of what it looks like to really build in our life that really allows us to build to last. And the truth is, none of us build anything in a way in which we're going, we hope that this just kind of falls over. We hope this doesn't work out. No, we're building to last. We all want to build to last. That's what we're really looking for. That's what we really want. And so when, when you're looking, and, and it's exciting to hear some of the stories coming out of small groups, how people are building to last, what it looks like for them to build the last in their marriage, build the last in their relationships, build the last in the things that really matter the most, and in uh, business, and, and all these areas that really mean the most to people. And so when we look at it, you look at building, and you look at, at this principle of going, look, I, I really want to build. I don't want to build in a way that's just going to, hey, this isn't going to work out. I, I hope this kind of falls over. And we looked at these two individuals in the story of Jesus in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus is giving this story, greatest sermon he ever preached. It's the back end of that. And he gives this example, this contrast of these two individuals that build. First is this individual that builds in a wise way. That's the language that he used. He, he builds with wisdom. And it says that he built on the rock and there's a way in which he built. There's something that set him apart. It says that he heard the word, and what did he did the word. He heard, and he did. And so when you, when you listen and do, you begin to build in a way that's going to last. But then he contrasts with this other individual. And this other individual kind of really set out to build kind of fast. And if you've been around in any amount of time, you know that fast don't last. You can try real hard, but fast, guess what? Fast don't last. You got to take time, and, and the mistake this individual made was he started out fast, he listened, he heard, but he didn't do. He didn't do, he didn't put it into action. The Bible says that actually his fall was great, the destruction was great, because see, when we don't build in a way that lasts, what ends up happening is it impacts more than just us. It impacts more than, than just who we are, and, and so what I want to talk today about is is really kind of over the last few weeks we started week one and we said hey let's talk about this foundation you can't build on a foundation any other foundation other than that of Jesus he's the ultimate foundation and we talked about building on the word there's this blueprint that we have we have it right here there's a blueprint that God gives us we can build our life on this word, and it's amazing how I meet with people, I talk with people, and they're like, I don't understand how I got here, why did this happen, how come, well guess what, it was in the blueprint, the problem is, you weren't using this as a blueprint, if you have something that you don't like, well remember, we have what we create and what we allow, and what happens is when we don't use the blueprint that God designed for us to use, we end up with things that just really, they aren't going to last, they don't last. Last week, we said, okay, well, how do we, how do, where do we find the power to, to build out this blueprint? Where, where do we discover that? What do we tap into? And we talked about this ongoing relationship with the Holy Spirit. Not this one-time, one-moment uh, uh, interaction with the Holy Spirit. You're saved. You get filled with the Holy Spirit in that moment. But it's this ongoing, the Holy Spirit coming upon you. It's this ongoing filling 
as we interact with the Holy Spirit that empowers us. And this week it is very similar. We're going to stay in that vein of, of looking at our internal motivations. The things that really, because as we're building, the Holy Spirit empowers us, but, but what sustains us? What's going to fuel us? What's going what's to fuel that internal motivation that as we build along the way that we continue to build in a way that builds to last? And so as you go through your small group this week, you're going to look and, and you'll talk a little bit about worship and you'll talk a little bit about prayer. But I want to talk about one that oftentimes we don't always talk about and it's praise. The power of praise what what does that look like to actually praise and to to praise our way through the power of praising our way through that we tap into an internal motivation that sustains us that fuels us that as we're building along the way when the storm comes because guess what's going to happen the storm's coming the rains are coming the flood is coming how does praise sustain us through that I want to take a minute before we, uh, before we move on, and I want to pause just a minute, though, because when you think about foundations, and you think about building foundations, and you think about what that looks like this past weekend, and, and we had all of our high school students in here, right here in this middle section, and when you, when you look at those things, and when you, when you look at what God did this past week, I look at these young people that are sitting there, I'm just marveled when they were sitting there in the first service. And what was amazing was they took a weekend out of their schedule and said, I'm going to set aside time to understand and discover what God's plan and purpose is for me when it comes to the area of purity and sexuality. And the truth is, this generation is in an all-out onslaught like never before when it comes to this area of their life. And, and I'm so I was so proud of them setting aside a weekend, so proud of the parents that made everything that they could. I mean, we had parents that were driving out there. Kids were going out there for Friday night service. Parents drove out there to get them, to bring them back home because they had like sports activities all day Saturday, then took them back out there. We had kids that were working Friday night, drove themselves out there on Saturday just to be a part. Why? Because they're going, this is important. This is key, and so this week was high school, next week is middle school. And I'm just telling you, it's so important for us as a church, this foundation that we're laying for this generation, because I tell you what, I know what it was like when I was growing up and I thought it was crazy, it ain't nothing like what they're experiencing, okay? The, the way that it is just coming at them at every angle, and we're saying we're not going to sit back and just wait for a phone call like, hey, help me, Pastor Chris, with this situation with my kid. We're going to be intentional, and we're going to be on the offensive to help lay a foundation for a generation of what it looks like for them to experience Jesus, discover who he says they are, and walk in purity and the fullness in their identity and who they are in Christ. And so I just want to pray. I want to pray over those high school students. Some of them are still here at the second service. They're like, Pastor Chris, you were so good first service. I'm coming back second. Not, not really. Their parents were serving second service, so they had to stay. <laughs> I'm watching you too. You're, you're probably falling asleep. They're like, I already heard this once, but I want to pray for them because they're on the front line. And so Jesus, I thank you for the foundation that we have an opportunity to lay in this generation. What a privilege it is. We're so grateful. Lord, we pray that you seal the work that you did in their life this past weekend, and they would continue to walk in the fullness of who it is that you say that they are. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
You know, as we, as we talk about praise, I actually snuck out there last night because only, camp's only about 25 minutes from my house. And it was amazing to watch over 300 high school students just praise God, just go after Jesus and lift their hands and declare who He is. And when you think about praise, there's something that begins to happen. Here's what I know. The, the people that understand the benefit of praise, here's what it is. I want, I want you to see this. We're going to put this on the screen. I want us to read this together. People who build in a way that lasts. Because that's what we're talking about. Let, let's build the last. Here's what they understand. They understand the benefits of the power of giving praise to God. There, there was a generation of young people, over 300 high schoolers, that understand, hey, there's a benefit to setting aside time. I got lots of things I could be doing on a weekend, but I'm going to go to a camp. I'm going to sleep in a dorm room that's probably nasty. I'm going to stay up later than I want to. I'm going to eat camp food, but I'm going to meet with Jesus. I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to experience Him transform my life. I see a benefit in that. Something happens. Something begins to happen. And when you hear that word praise, now here's what I, here's what I know. You're hearing the word praise, and it's a little bit churchy. You're kind of like, well, Pastor, could praise? I mean, that's kind of like, what is praise? Like praise, that's you know, I mean, what is churchy-ish? I don't know. What does that mean? Is that like the time when I come in? Oh, I know what you're talking about, Pastor Chris. That's the time when I come in, I get my coffee. Those are the songs you're singing at the beginning before I come in. No, that's not praise. That's the songs at the beginning. That's all the fast songs, right? No. That, that's, is that Christian pop? Is that what that is? Is that like Christian, like, poppy music? Is that what praise is? No, praise. Here's what I want you to understand. Praise is not a moment within a service. Praise is not a style. It's not a type of music. Praise is a lifestyle. Praise is something that comes out of us. And, and, it's, and I understand, see, with praise, as we try and discover what this is, it can feel a little ambiguous. And so I want to help you. Can I help you? I want to help you because I've had to learn. I've had to grow in this. I've learned to grow in this. I want to, I want to be able to help you. And, and so it's kind of like, I think of it this way. It's, it's similar to like what maybe you experienced with Valentine. You see, this, this past week, Wendy and I celebrated, uh, let's see, we've been married 19, almost 19 years. We were together about two and a half years before that. So, you know, you do the math, 21 Valentine days together, and, and it's been amazing. And the Bible says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And can I tell you something? I found a good thing in Love Biscuit. I'm just telling you. Now, that's what I call Wendy, Love Biscuit. You can't call it. Don't be yelling when you see her, Love Biscuit. She'll turn around, though, but she may be surprised at who's there. She, you know, but, but I found it. But can I tell you something? When, when, when we got married, she didn't come with an instruction manual. Like, it's complicated. How many of you men know what I'm talking about? Women, you're unique, beautiful, complex creatures that say one thing and mean another. So, man, let me help you. If your wife said, it's, it's cool, baby, we've been married so long, don't do anything for Valentine's Day, she don't mean it. She don't mean it. You in trouble, go to Walgreens, it's all 75% off, you still may be able to scrap together like, you know, a bear that's missing an arm and maybe some fake flour and some old chocolate that's still there and maybe you can salvage the week. She doesn't mean it. Women, they're complex, unique, amazing. But what I love about God, He's not complex. He makes it real simple about what he likes. I, I've had to learn through the years, what does Wendy really like? 
what is it? Like one minute it's this. You're like, nah, I don't really like that. Well, okay, mark that off the list. It's not like that. With God, it's real simple. He makes it real simple on, on what it is that he likes. And we're going to look at, at 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 4. And we're going to look at what are the things that he's really into. What are the things when it comes to praise that he's really concerned about and that really means the most to him. And so we're going to look at the words of, of Peter here in this chapter. And we're going to break it down just a little bit because right here, Peter is using this building metaphor. And we're going to look at some of the words that he uses, starting in verse 4. He says, As you come to him, the living stones rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. So here's this word, living stone, this building aspect, this building metaphor, living stone. It's not just something that's being built together. It's also uniquely from the context of it being a, a habitation for God as well, or a habitation for Jesus. That's what he's referring to. And remember, Peter was there when Jesus gave the example in Matthew 7. He was there. He heard the teaching. How are you building? Verse 5, Peter goes on and says, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. So I love the word stone because a stone is unique. He's saying you're being built together for a purpose. You see, you're not a brick. A brick is, every brick looks the same. He doesn't use the word brick. He says stones. Uniquely shaped, uniquely designed, placed together for a purpose, coming together as a spiritual house. That's what it looks like to be a spiritual family, is that you come together all unique, all different, all special in the way God designed you, and you come together centered around unity of the vision that God has given. So it's not, a spiritual family is not a bunch of bricks coming and they're all cookie cutter, they all look the same, act the same, do the same thing. No, you're stones, uniquely hewn and designed and specifically placed for a purpose, for a reason. To come together as a spiritual house. To do what? To, to, to be a holy priesthood. I love this word, this priesthood that's unique. We're going to come back to that. And offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus. So there's this priesthood and then there's these spiritual sacrifices. See, because what Jesus did on the cross allows us to come into being priests ourselves. In fact, we're going to look at that here in just a second. So there's this priesthood we come into to do what? Bring spiritual sacrifices. Well, see, that's what priests do. The unique thing about what Jesus did on the cross is that when we become priests because of what God did in us, this priesthood, a priest is able to speak on behalf of God and speaks to God. Actually, can also lead people into worship to God. To do what? Bring spiritual sacrifices. So a priest does what? We bring something. We bring a sacrifice. Something unto who? Unto God. Well, in the Old Testament, there was one guy. Just one guy was the priest. But now, because of what Jesus did on the cross, we're all priests, which means we all come into this opportunity to give something to God, to praise Him. Verse 9. It says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness in to what? His wonderful light. You see, what God begins to do is begins to show you that as He's brought you out, it's real clear here, He's brought you out for a reason and a purpose. God does the saving. 
God does the setting. God does the delivering. He's designed you and fashioned you unique and special, specific for a purpose. Young or old, it does not matter. This applies to all of us. Everyone. And so he says, hey, I've done this. It's God's job. He does all. What's my role? What's my responsibility? Well, if he sets us, if he saves us, if he's designed us and created us, our role is just simply to declare praise. His job is to design and to set. Our job is to declare. That's it. So he makes it real simple when he breaks it down and he begins to go, listen, this is something I've called you to do. I want you to declare. It's like marriage. It's like your relationship. Our spouse's love when they know that we love them and care for them, but you know what they really want? They want to hear it. They, they, they want us to declare. They want us to profess our affection, our attention, and our love. It's like honor. Honor is only honor once it's spoken. So there's this declaration that God is calling us to this role. And so, so what, what does that actually look like? And what does this expression look like? How do we express what it looks like to praise God. What, what, what we're going to do is, I'm, we're going to go to this word right here. Now, now today's going to feel a little bit more maybe teachy, a little more of a teaching format, because I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures, and, and I'm going to give you some examples of what it looks like to express praise. And I'm only giving you one. There's many. There's countless scriptures that, that, that show how we should express our praise. But I encourage you, go back and, and, and I want you to read some of these. I want you to look at some of these. Because the truth is, you may feel this praise on the inside, but it doesn't become praise until you express it. So how do we do that? Well, well let's look at a few expressions in the Word of God. First is this. You're going to sing praise to the Lord. Psalms 30. I'm going to sing, I'm going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to declare, I'm going to sing out how good God is and how faithful He is. It's why we come together and we sing. It's why you're in your car. You're singing. I'm praising. What am I doing? I'm praising God. Here, here's another one. Instruments. Psalms 150, you can read, there's a whole list in Psalms 150. In fact, Psalms, as we read through Psalms, many of the Psalms are songs, many of them written by David. So you have all these instruments. You, you, you have the harp and you have the flute. I mean, harp, I'm thinking, I was asking Katie, what if I get up here and just play a harp? Just praise unto the Lord. I think I could do that. What do y'all think? Y'all don't see me up here with a harp? Probably not, you know. It'd probably sound terrible. Thank goodness we have Daniel on a modern day harp. He's over here on this cool looking white guitar, you know. I mean, it's powerful. It's awesome. But there's instruments. Use instruments to praise. Now remember, God's into this. He, he makes it real simple. Here's the expressions. We've been saved. Our job, God does the saving. We have been set apart. We've, but now our job, because we've been brought out, is to declare. Here's some of the ways that you declare. Here's the expression. Sing praise. Instruments. Here's another one. Sing a new song. There, there's a song that comes out of you. Maybe your radio is broken or you don't have internet some miraculous way and you can't get on your iTunes or Spotify. Well, you can actually sing a new song to the Lord. Psalms 40, verse 3. Here, here's another. You're going to love this one. Shout praise to God. There's something powerful that happens when you say, Thank you, Jesus. You never know what people are experiencing. 
Sometimes in service, it's not about just being loud and crazy and distracting, but when you know what God has done and how He's brought you out and the darkness you were brought from, sometimes you can't help but shout. But listen, I'm not just talking about Sundays. This is in your car driving to work. This is at your house or in your living room. You go, oops, I just woke the kids up because you're just praising God and you got a little excited and you shouted. Or maybe you woke the kids up because you were doing the next one. How about dancing? You know, whoa, whoa, Pastor Chris, I don't know. It's in the Bible. Psalms 149. Dancing. You know, we don't see that as much or as often. And, and maybe you dance before the Lord and you praise Him at home. And that's awesome. That's biblical. Next one. Clapping. That's probably something you're a little more familiar with. You see, you'll, you'll see things and hear things in service. We'll give a hand clap to the Lord. Maybe you're singing a song and, and we're praising God because you're clapping. Here's one you're, you're probably really familiar with is, is kneeling. You're, you're not as familiar with is kneeling. Like kneeling before the Lord in reverence. You kneel before the Lord. That's a way in which you praise. And then this one probably the most familiar, you're most familiar with is raising your hands. Psalms 134, you know, and, and I get it. Some of you, you, you're, you progress. You know, I've seen you. You know, this is for you. This is raising your hands. Thank you. I love you, Lord. But I've seen some of you. You've really grown. I mean, you have stepped out, really let the Lord work on you. You're here. And I lift my voice. Some of you, you're like, to worship. You got that one hand. Maybe you're a little passionate like me, a little brave heart touch. To worship, you're just beating that chest. And then others, you're like full sin. I love you, Lord. Just two hands, just go get it, all right? Full sin, here we go, both hands. You're... Look, we do all sorts of things with our hands. We wave, we clap. You may do some other things with your hands, you probably shouldn't. You know, when someone cuts you off, I don't know, you know. But we do all sorts of things with our hands. And, and, and again, when you're looking at worship and you're going, okay, all right, Pastor Chris, I, I hear what you're saying. W what are you wanting us to do? Where, where are you wanting us to go? Because I understand you're giving us these biblical expressions, but I don't get it. Like, like why? Like, I, like why, why praise? I don't, I don't understand. I don't get it. But see, what happens is when you go to this word, when you go to this word right here, and this becomes the gauge on where you discover what it looks like to praise, rather than your heritage. Sometimes we don't get it because of our heritage, our tradition, our background, our experience, good or bad, okay? And you go, I don't, I don't get it. Why? Why? Why praise? Why do all these things? You see, something happens when you begin to praise, when you tap into the power of praise. I've shared with you uh, about my mom and, and how my parents got saved and, and how when I was in high school and in the early years of college, I wasn't serving the Lord. And my mom, she was here last week. She's about this tall. But like most Hispanic mamas, don't mess with her. Don't let her size confuse you. She will smack your teeth into tomorrow, okay? So like, you know, there's times where I'm coming home, wasn't serving the Lord, and I'm telling you, my mom would be just praising you. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in Christopher. Lord, thank you for me, which is son in Spanish. I pray just what she's just praising God, praising God when I'm a mess. 
And then I give my life to Jesus at 19. She's praising God because now I've given my heart to Jesus. And then I get married. She's like, Lord, thank you. You finally sent him a good woman to hold him in check. Okay, thank you, Lord. She's praising Jesus. And then I go into ministry. She's praising all along the way in the tough times and in the good times. She's praising. You know what I learned? Something happens when you live a life of going, I'm going to praise through. I'm going to tap into the power of praise because when I'm in the middle of that storm, that's what's going to sustain me as I build along the way. Even culture today, society today, take, take Christianity and the religious aspect and the component of our relationship with Jesus out of it. Even culture today understands this. They talk about positive attitude. And, I, and don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not confusing praise and positive attitude. But just this aspect of this positive attitude, your attitude determines your altitude and all of these different things. And so they understand even in that aspect, your perspective and how you see life will determine how you respond to it. You've met people, they're just life-giving. It seems they're in a difficult time and yet they just see it. Glasses half full, not half empty. Where does that come from? Life-giving people get it from the life-giver, Jesus. And they understand, I'm going to praise my way through. I'm going I'm to tap into the power of praise. And I'm going to understand what it looks like. And I've learned this. I've had to learn it. I've experienced it in my own life. I've shared with you about the two miscarriages Wendy and I had before we had Camden. And as we went into this, this, this third pregnancy and not knowing what's the end result going to be, how's this going to turn out, we weren't sure, is this going to be the top? We said, listen, we determined with our, each other and with the, look, Lord, whatever the end result is, if this ends in full term or ends in another miscarriage, we're going to praise you no matter what because you're good and you're faithful and we're grateful for what we do know, not what we don't know. And we're going to praise you through it. So even in my own life, I've had to learn as I build along the way, I've experienced what it looks like to experience the power of praise. So how do we do that? How do we build to last through the power of praise? Well, here's the first thing is this, is, is we have to overcome the barriers. You see, praise is not a feeling, it's an expression. It's an, it, it's an expression. And it, it's the same way that what begins to happen in my relationship with Wendy, in my marriage, it's not my emotion that dictates my commitment. My commitment dictates my emotion. I'm committed to her, and so it dictates how I engage with her. But the truth is, I have a couple of berries I have to get over. There's a couple of things that I have to work through if I'm really going to understand what praise looks like. Well, here's the first one. First one is this. It's not emotionalism. You go, well, man, this is a barrier for me because it's I, like, is this emotional? Look, God isn't into just flippant emotion. He's not, he's not into like, hey, whoever's the most loud, crazy, exuberant, I'm really into that, and that's really what worship, and that's what praise is. No, that's not what he's saying. You never know what someone has walked through. Sometimes when you come into service, and you see someone really emotional, and they're moved by God, and they're worshiping Him, you have no idea what God has brought them through. You have no idea the darkness that He has brought them out of into that marvelous light. They can't help but go, I'm praising you, Jesus. It's not emotionalism. It's not. And I got, you have to get past that barrier. I get that. Here's the next one. The next is this. Doesn't God prefer quiet reverence? Well, prefer is the key word. I think quiet and reverence is key. If you've been around me any amount of time, you probably know I'm, no short, I'm never short on words. 
I'll talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. In fact, as a young leader, the biggest mistake I made was listening wasn't actually listening. That was when I'm just being quiet waiting for you to stop talking so I can tell you what I really think. That's what listening, well, guess what? I took that same attitude with God. I'd talk to God, I'd pray, Jesus, this, that, here's what I'm believing for this. I never stopped with enough time to just be quiet and listen. And I needed to learn to listen. And so now it's a discipline, it's a spiritual discipline where I'll come and I pray and I'm talking to the Lord, but then I'll just sit and I'm listening. I'm quietly in reverence listening to the Lord. So it's not that he doesn't need that. We need to have those moments of reflection and reverence. But sometimes the barrier is we think that because of our heritage or our tradition or our background, we think that that's what he prefers. It's not. He's saying, listen, I want you to declare those things. In fact, the original Greek word halal, here's what halal means, to shine forth, boast, glory, and celebrate. This Greek word is where we get the word hallelujah. So I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to boast I'm going to shine forth. You ever been around something that's really shining bright? You can see it's expressive. It's telling. So it's not just this quiet reverence. Here's the third challenge that, that, that we have to get past, the barrier that we have to work through. It's not my style. Praise is not a style. It, it's, not a, it's not a style in how we work or what we do or what we think it should be. Praise is, is more than that. And here's what happens. I, I can remember in the season I was in for 13 years in Louisiana. There's only one, if you're from Louisiana or been around Louisiana, there's only one university in the state of Louisiana. There really is. I grew up in Lafayette where uh, UL is at, the Raging Cajuns. And what amazed me is as I'm driving past the campus, you would see as many people in LSU gear as you did in Raging Cajun gear. You want to know why? Because the truth is, while there's other great universities in Louisiana, there's only one college in Louisiana, and it's LSU. Okay? And we got a lot of Louisiana folks, a, a lot of Cajuns, and a lot of LSU fans around here, okay? And here's what I know. I, there was one guy when we were in church, and we were talking about worship, and, uh, and, I, and he, he had season tickets to, to, to LSU. And so he's real, you know, just kind of somber and just kind of in worship, you know, and just kind of there and just kind of, you know, he did his thing, right, you know? But, man, when we got to that LSU game, ah, yelling, ripping his shirt off, he's painted purple and gold, going crazy, you know. Now, listen, okay, I'm your friend. All right, I love you. So I'm telling you what I tell you. It's not my style. You know, in, in, in our culture, in society, in an affluent area, we like worship. You want to know why we like worship? Because, yes, Lord, thank you, Jesus. I just be, it's real neat and clean. But all of a sudden, I put that same person in Death Valley cheering for the Tigers, and it's amazing how you're chest bumping people you don't know, high-fiving, you sharing drinks with people like you don't even know. and all of a sudden it just goes out the window, but yet it's not your style. You want to know why this one's tough? Is because praise hits your pride like nothing else will. Because it's not about you. It's about Him. It's about Him. 
So I have to get past this barrier that it, it's not my style. Now, listen, I'm not, this is, you're, oh, okay, Pastor Chris, I see what you're at. You know, you must talk to the worship team, and, and they want us to, like, raise our hand and do all that. No, 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 this is, not, this is not about me having you do something specific. This is about me helping you understand that there is a heart aspect that you can tap into and embrace the power of praise that's going to help you get somewhere you can't get on your own. Here's the next barrier we have to get past. I don't have a good voice. I'm not musical. Well, good. Me either. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. That's me and that's you, okay? You know, you don't have to be musical. The Bible says that if you don't cry, the rocks will cry out. So even a rock can praise God if you're not. Psalms, it says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Well, you have breath. You can praise God. Here's, here's another barrier. I feel guilty or unworthy. And this is probably one of the hardest ones because what begins to happen is this. Is that when you feel guilt and shame, you go, well, if you really knew what I had done, if you had known all the things that I had experienced, if you had seen all those things, I can't worship God. Can I tell you something? What was amazing is watching young people worship last night is this. As God began to set them free, as God began to do a work in their heart, they knew what God had brought them from. And they were set free from the guilt and the unworthy and the shame. And all they could do is just praise God and declare how good he was. You see, so once I get past these barriers, I have an opportunity to now experience the benefits of praise. What, what are some of those benefits? Well, here's the first one. Here's the first one. We receive garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Isaiah 61, there's this exchange that begins to happen. Now, I don't know why Wendy and I thought it was a good idea. I guess because we just got sucked up into the fat. We decided to buy a weighted blanket. I don't know about you. That was terrible. It's hot. It's heavy. Who wants hot and heavy? No one likes that. You're like, get rid of this thing. It's sitting like somewhere. Else. I don't even know where it's at now. Like We tried it for a couple of days. We're like, get this thing off of us. Can I tell you something? You experience so many things. There is such heaviness in your life when it comes to work and job and meeting all the expectations that you're expected to meet as an employer, as an employee, as a husband, as a wife, as a mother, as a father. You don't eat, need any more heavy things added to your life. When we praise, we get to exchange that heaviness. That's a benefit that we can tap into. Here's another one. We enter his courts with praise, Psalms 100. When we come into worship in here, when you're worshiping God in the morning on your drive, when you're worshiping God and you're praising God and you're singing and you're declaring and you're shouting, what are you doing? Here's what's happening. You're entering his courts. You can come into his presence in a way like no other. Now, he's there. He's always here. But you enter into his presence in a different way when you begin to praise, which kind of ties into the next one. He inhabits our praise. He comes to be with us. Psalms 22.3. This psalm right here. This is actually the same psalm that Jesus quotes when he's on the cross. You see, going back to that living stones in, in 1 Peter, what begins to happen is there's this aspect of building. We're creating a habitation for Jesus to dwell. That's a benefit that we get to experience his presence with us. We come into his courts with praise. We experience him in a greater way because he inhabits that. Here's the next one. It reminds us of who God is. 
when we praise, many times when we sing these songs, you don't even realize we're singing songs that were rooted in Scripture. You're singing Scripture oftentimes, and many times when you sing praise, it's the easiest way to remember Scripture. And then here's the last one. It's a spiritual weapon. Praise is a weapon. We can overcome. We can have victory. You see, here's what I know about people who really praise. Is when they tap into the power of praise, they begin to see life and benefit from life different than anyone else. I think about an individual this week. Many of you may know him. Some of you don't. His name is Michael, but many of you don't know him as Michael. You know him as Chico. And Chico went to the hospital this past week. They rushed him to the ER, and I went to visit him. And many of you know, some of you know, Chico's been battling just health challenges for the last year and a half. And it seems like every time he's had a health challenge, they're trying to discover what is it and where did it come from. And this was another one of those moments. And, and what begins to happen is he's in this moment and as he's working and he's, he's trying to get through this situation, I go and I pray with him and there was someone else already from the church that was here uh, there that was there praying for him, which is amazing. That's just a, an example of spiritual family. And so as we're talking to Chico, we're praying with him. He's in pain. He doesn't know what's going on. The doctor's trying to figure it out. And he's just like, God's good, Pastor Chris. I'm just praising him. I'm just grateful for, for what he's done in my life and how he saved my family. I'm grateful my kids love the Lord. I'm grateful. He's just, he's just praising God. He's in the hospital for a few days. Praise God, he's, he's gone home. He went home yesterday. But two days ago, it was like the second or third day he was in, you know, all he had to do was talk to his wife, talk to Jesus, and post on Facebook. And I saw him post after being there for a day and a half, and, and this was his post. He's got like some hospital protein, which I'm sure is amazing. Medical city health in the background, and he's got this little tag right here. It's a song actually from Casting Crowns. It says, Praise you in the storm. And I'm thinking, that guy gets it. He's in a hospital, doesn't know what's going on, doesn't know why he feels the way he feels, but he gets it. And you're saying, okay, Pastor Chris, I hear you. What are you asking me to do? Here's what I'm asking you to do. I want you to be intentional with praise. I want you to be intentional about giving praise to God the same way Chico is. The same way you and I can be. Because we're going to walk through difficult times and as we build along the way, the storm's going to come and it's going to be painful. It's going to be difficult. The flood water is going to rise. The winds are going to blow. And the Holy Spirit will empower us and the Word will be our blueprint. So we're building in a wise way, but what's going to sustain us? What's the internal motivation that's going to fuel us? It's the power of praise. That we praise you think about that song, Waymaker. God, even when I don't see it, you're working, God. You're working in my life. You're working in my marriage. You're working in my finances. You're working in my kids. And the truth is, most of the time, it's the things we worry about the most that we wonder if he's really working. How do you get through that? You praise your way through that.